Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. Talk is about to begin. Hey, 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 come on in. Welcome to Buckeye Talk and another Market Down Monday. I'm Nathan Baird from Cleveland.com along with Doug Maurice and Stephen Means. And this is always the one where I feel like we are absolutely on the precipice of a season. We are voting for our preseason Heisman Trophy list. Three, we're gonna each give three votes. I guess are we predicting our top the top three finish? in the Heisman Trophy balloting. Yes, I think we are. I think that's the best way to say it. Not the three guys that we wish would win. I think it's we're trying to predict the three guys that will win the Heisman Trophy. And we've done this every year. Last year, we were uh, not that close. Doug and I picked Sam Howell, a quarterback from North Carolina. He regressed, I think, in literally every possible passing category and was not a Heisman Trophy candidate, really. And Stephen picked Bijan Robinson, who was good but not great. Only played in ten games. Neither of those guys finished in the top ten. Obviously, Alabama's Bryce Young was the winner. C.J. Stroud was already out there in the odds, but had not really separated yet. And obviously, he ended up finishing fourth in the voting. Does this feel this year like everything is coalescing around a small group of guys or does this feel wide open? I remember last year, the topic being how wide open Heisman trophy race seemed to be already in August. And this year it seems tighter. Although what do we know? Things are going to change over the next four months. Sam Howell threw three picks in the opener as North Carolina lost to Virginia tech last year. That's how fast that vanished. Um, I mean, there's a lot of Spencer Rattler juice a year ago. I think there Mm -hmm. was a pretty clear favorite that he was, a guy who had previous year a rough start and a strong finish, who was a five-star recruit at a program that had produced multiple Heisman winners as the quarterback of Oklahoma, and he fell apart very quickly. So it's always interesting. And this used to be, I can, I mean, like it used to be, feels like very rarely that this happened, that the Heisman winner was back. And now we've had the Heisman winner back many, many times. So the fact that Bryce Young is back, I don't know. It's still a little early. I don't have you guys seen. I have not. I have not seen the headline of. Can Bryce Young match Archie Griffin? That that does not seem to be something that is. I mean, theoretically, I mean, they're the best team. 
and he's the quarterback of the best team. This it's not a real hard argument, but I don't know. That doesn't seem like where that doesn't seem like a major conversation point in college football a couple of weeks before the season starts. I think part of it is one, there's a Heisman caliber guy who is also on his team who if it's going to go to a Bama guy, they might lean his way and they've they've almost started the campaign for Will Anderson to do so, but then also there's just so much back in college football this year that wasn't necessarily back. I mean, two of the four finalists from last year are back this year, and they are the quarterbacks for the best two teams in the country. The you know Alabama's got the best player overall player. It's just so much back because so many yeah. guys were freshmen, redshirt freshmen, sophomores last year that it's it's wide open in a different way where it's like seven, eight, nine, ten people that are all on the list right now, and it doesn't seem like there's room for anybody else to get into the picture. Yeah, I mean, Jackson Smith and Jigba, who just had this amazing season last year, is like barely in the top 10 this year. And I think that tells you, obviously, some of that is as far as the odds, the odds that are out right now. And that tells you somewhat like how this is a quarterback award, but also speaks to just kind of the depth of what what Steven's saying. There's a lot of returning talent that um, people have voted for before or considered before as as, as strong candidates. I'd be curious, though, to run through, like, who, who – I assume you have it, Nathan, like, who the top ten guys are. Listen, Bryce Young, like, why – is he not as famous as the Heisman Trophy-winning quarterback from Alabama should be? I don't I – don't, maybe we're just – maybe we're just sitting here, like, in an Ohio State bubble. But, you know, last year, DJ Uyunglele was – on a Dr. Pepper commercial before the season started, do you, is, does Bryce Young have like a national ad campaign or anything? Like why, why isn't Bryce Young? Um, He's got like a deal with Texas. So the Texas Rogouts or Logan's one of those, you know, restaurants. It's like a Texas thing, but I, I think CJ Stroud deemed steakhouses. <laughs> yeah. It, that's what it is. But I think CJ Stroud's more famous than him. And why? I think it's because, because Ohio State's quarterback is always famous. I think Alabama's quarterbacks tend to be fairly famous. They didn't used to be famous, but Tua was pretty famous, and Jalen Hurts yeah. got pretty famous, and Mac Jones is pretty famous. I don't, I don't know. Maybe it's just misperception, and maybe it's one of those things where off the field stuff in college football has sort of swept the on field stuff aside. That what are we talking about in college football right now? We're talking about TV deals. We're talking about realignment. We talk about NIL. We talk about um, should players be paid, but maybe we don't talk about as much of a, hey, by the way, we might have the second two-time Heisman Trophy winner ever well, because, you know, he's the quarterback much, of Alabama. How much of that is program-based as well, though? Because how often has the Alabama media conglomerate gotten a chance to talk to Bryce Young in comparison to, I mean, we've kind of gotten CJ a lot already for the season to not even be here. We just got him in Indy. We got him Thursday. We got him in the spring. And then we also got him on the day he threw on pro day, which Bryce Young did all that same stuff. He threw on Alabama's pro day. It just wasn't as big of a deal. But there also isn't in college sports the way it is in pro sports where you have the league, a league, an entity that's sort of more actively selling its personalities. It's much more splintered here and much more regional. So I get what you're saying, Doug. But I, I'm trying to think of like CJ Stroud plays for the Lakers and Bryce Young plays for the Spurs. What? Bama is not the Spurs. Bama is the most dominant. Tim, du- uh, Tim Duncan, the Tim Duncan Spurs when they were winning championships every other year. But like Tim Duncan isn't like the most famous dude in the world. While like Kobe, Bro- 
Kobe Bryant, Kobe Bryant, Tim Duncan. Kobe Bryant's just a more famous personality than Tim Duncan is, but they both got five rings. I cannot buy into a comparison of of Ohio State to the Lakers and gazillion time national champion Alabama, led by the most successful head coach in football history to the Spurs. I I guess I get what you're saying, Doug. Like, why isn't, why isn't, why doesn't Bryce Young feel as famous right now as Tim Tebow did? Coming back from a even like, I felt like Lamar Jackson when or he even, came back was pretty maybe even, famous. Yeah. You know, like there, I feel like there've been multiple guys coming back who had a lot of juice and I don't know. They didn't win it last year, but they almost does he, won it. Does he even have as much juice now as Spencer Rattler did a year ago? Or it's, it's kind of comparable. Maybe he's not the favorite, right? Is CJ is the right. favorite. Right. So I can, I can run down that list. But I but but that doesn't make like it but it doesn't make sense to me because we can't say that the SEC runs college football and Bama is the reason the SEC runs college football and then act like Bama's not famous just because they're in Tuscaloosa and Tuscaloosa's Tuscaloosa's a smaller city. Like I don't I, I mean it's not that Bama's not famous. It's not like people are like Alabama. Well, I don't know. You just never really hear about Alabama. Nick Saban, Nick Saban is super, super famous. So why isn't his quarterback well all over the place? But I would I, that could be part of it. That you've yeah. got you've got Nick Saban there taking some juice. You've got just the aura of the program taking some juice. You've got Will Anderson right now taking some juice. So and, and, and but I do want to like I feel like I've been pushing Will Anderson for the Heisman since March and outlining the case of how this works. But it's not like oh well the defensive guys went going to win the Heisman. That's why we're not talking about the quarterback. Like I don't. Like we haven't come no, 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 that but far. It's, We've it's, only had one all, defensive it's winner. Chunks. It's just more because they're all on the same in the same program. I and if if you've got to pick a guy to coalesce around, it seems like right now people are coalescing around Will Anderson instead of Bryce Young. No different than in 2019 when Ohio State had two guys legitimately who were Heisman Trophy finalists. At some point, you kind of kind of coalesce around one of them, either Justin Fields or Chase Young. Well, if people were more were coalescing around Will Anderson, his odds would be even lower than they are right now. They've come down, but he's still 30 to one, right? 20 to one on the most recent yeah. ones I saw today. So here's the list. I'll hit the guys at the top. And then I think there's some interesting, very interesting value bets farther down. CJ Stroud is the Heisman favorite right now. This is per Vegas Insider. And this is updated as of last night. I checked for one thing and it didn't look like they had really changed much today. So I'm going with the ones that I sent out to the texters earlier today. C.J. Stroud, two to one. Bryce Young, the defending winner, three and a half to one. Then you take a jump to USC quarterback Caleb Williams, seven to one. Then you take a big jump to Alabama's Will Anderson, defensive player, outside linebacker, edge, however you want to call it, 20 to one. Texas running back Bijan Robinson, also 20 to one. Clemson quarterback DJ Uyangalele, 25 to one. This is the one I checked on because he was just named the starter today, Friday, as we're recording this, Texas quarterback, Quinn Ewers, former Buckeye, 28 to one. Oh, he is? Yeah. Former Buckeye. For a hot second, he was here. I don't know o- Oklahoma quarterback, Dylan Gabriel, <laughs> 30 to one. OSU receiver, Jackson Smith to Jigba, 33 to one. Same for Alabama running back, Jameer Gibbs. And then a couple players at 40 to one, Miami quarterback, Tyler Van Dyke, and Ohio State running back, Trevion Henderson, both 40 to one. 
and then you get into 50 to one and, and, and so on and so on from there. So uh, Ohio state with three guys in the top, whatever that is, 12, 11, 12. Uh, that's not bad. That's that's shades of 2019. Although none of them are on defense as it was with chase young in 2019. Yeah, no, that's, that's good respect. Um, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, 10, 11, 12. Yeah. 12 guys, six of them from Alabama and Ohio state in the top 12, three each. And that's how you get the number one and two teams in the country in the preseason poll. Ohio state. Uh, well, let's, let's talk about these. Let's talk about these numbers again, real quick, because there were a couple guys that I thought jumped out at me from an odd standpoint. So I said, Trevin Henderson was 40 to one Wisconsin running back Braylon Allen, 66 to one. That seems like either really good value for Braylon Allen or people are, are too in too early on Trevin Henderson. I think it's a ladder. I think that's good odds on Braylon Allen. Because we know what that looks like. Right. Mel- Ron Dane did win it. Melvin Gordon almost won it. John Taylor- Jonathan Taylor got super famous. We know what Monty Ball was in it. We know what a Wisconsin running back Heisman campaign looks like. And if things get a little goofy at all, giving it to the Wisconsin running back from 2,000 yards, I, I think Braylon Allen has like a much better chance than Trevor Henderson does, given the way things are shaped for their teams this year. Yep. Uh, also USC receiver, Jordan Addison, 80 to one. And when you compare that to Jackson Smith, the jig, but 33 to one, I know he's in a new system, all that stuff, but it's like, it's a guy that did awesome things last year. And he's going to still have a pretty good quarterback. Again, just talking about value. That seemed like really interesting value to me. Yeah. Just cause there might be a significant drop off between what Jordan Addison is and whoever wide receiver two is for USC. Jackson Smith, the Jigba is really awesome, but like his wide receiver two might be pretty awesome this year too. So it's like Jordan Addison is just as like, I mean, we're talking about Jackson in 2000 yards. Jordan Addison is just as liable to do that because he's the only reliable guy. Caleb Williams well, they, has to throw the they ball. They have too. Mario Williams, who was like a five-star recruited Oklahoma and a freshman All-American last year. Right. So I don't USC USC and Ohio state have the two best receiving cores in the country. So USC does have some other guys. I, I don't know that. I don't know that USC's guys behind Addison are that much different than the guys behind um, JSN. I'm going to hit a couple other uh, big 10 guys on this list. Nebraska quarterback, Casey Thompson, 80 to one. That's the former Texas quarterback. Penn I mean, if you, if you live outside the state of Nebraska and you bet that just set your money on fire. <laughs> and state quarterback Sean Clifford, 100 to 1. Uh, same odds for Purdue quarterback Aiden O'Connell and M- Michigan running back Blake Corum. That is a former walk on Purdue quarterback getting 100 to 1 odds for the Heisman Trophy. And then well, this one, I wanted to get a comment if we could get him on the line. So this goes down to 125 to 1 and tied with Maryland quarterback Talia Tagavola at 125 to 1, <clears throat> Georgia quarterback Stetson Bennett. Never! In the long history of Heisman odds, has a quarterback with a national championship ring being as disrespected as one Stetson Bennett is this year. And you all shall pay, starting with the Frenchman on this podcast. I'd bet it. You'd bet 125 to 1? Mm-hmm. Do you I like that better than Braylon Allen at 66 to 1? Or no, Jordan like, Addison at 80 like, to 1? I like Braylon Allen better of those. Paths. You got to think about paths, right? It's like, it's like, can you envision paths for guys? I mean, you- honestly, like Georgia has a great defense. 
they repeat as national champions. You're not exactly sure who their best offensive player is. And Stetson Bennett like puts up some pretty solid numbers. That's it's not an impossible path because Heisman voters like good teams. So back he's the, he's, he's the two time national championship quarterback. And even are they going to give it to Jalen Carter? They're not going to give a defensive tackle a Heisman trophy. Right. I mean, you just, you don't know where to go, but and, and like you end Mark up Bowers. with you end up. I mean, that's possible. Like you give it to a tight end. Um, but even like Brock Bowers is their best offensive player, but everyone goes, are you going to give it to a tight end? Like, I don't, I, I could see like the default. We want to give it to Georgia and we're not sure who to give it to. So we give it to Stetson Bennett path. I, I think it exists. I think we talked about this last year, but I'm not sure. And when I looked back today, it surprised me. Troy Davis, Ohio state wins a Heisman trophy in 2006. How many Troy Smith, Ohio. Troy Smith, Smith. Sorry, Troy Smith. I have a friend named Troy Davis. Well, I there was also Troy a Davis. Back. Yeah. Like finished. Troy second Davis, right. Yeah. He ran for 2000 yards uh, one year. Yeah. Troy Smith. I thought you were Ohio talking about State. Troy Davis. It's weird. My, I actually have an autographed Troy Davis football in my basement because my wife's cousin went to Iowa state at the same time that Troy Davis was there. And like, when I was getting into that side of the family, they were like, Hey, you like sports. And it was like, here's an autographed Troy Davis football. And I was like, okay, cool. And so I have it, but Troy Smith, I know him. I know him. I want to, I want to tell a quick story about my friend, Troy Davis, that I think is funny. He uh, was uh, sometimes when you're in Spanish in high school, you have these workbooks and there's always some kid, they always make you tear the answers out of the back, but some kid always sneaks around it and gets the answers. And so one year he's filling out his uh, Spanish workbook and just going down by exactly what it says. And he gets called in the office the next day. And they're like, anything you want to tell us? And he's like, no, I don't know what you're talking about. And he would go down and it would be like, you know, donde esta la biblioteca, whatever, the Spanish words he was writing. And then for one of the answers, he had just copied verbatim. Answers may vary. <laughs> <laughs> did, not did not know get away with the that. Spanish word for vary. <laughs> yeah. No, that's just exactly what it said in the workbook. It said in English, answers may vary. So that's what he wrote. So anytime I see him these days, I, I always try to bring up answers may vary. 2006, Troy Smith wins the Heisman Trophy from Ohio State, Ohio State's last Heisman Trophy winner. How many top 10 finishes by an Ohio State player in the next five years? In the five years since Troy Smith? In the five years right after Troy Smith. A top 10 finish by an Ohio State top player. Top 10? Top 10? Seven, seven, eight, nine, 10, 11. Uh, nobody? Zero. A five-year drought. I was going by the college sports reference. They have a good top 10 voting thing. It's hard to find the Heisman full voting results sometimes, but uh, nobody according to their list in that five-year span. And then Braxton Miller, fifth and ninth in 2012 and 13. Um, JT Barrett, fifth in 2014. Ezekiel Elliott, eighth in 2015. And then two more goose eggs as far as top 10 finishes, 16-17. And then we get into the modern era where Ohio State is just like guaranteed a Heisman finalist. Dwayne Haskins, third. In 2018, uh, Fields and Young, third and fourth in 2019, and Dobbins, sixth. They were loaded. Uh, Fields, seventh in 2020, and he was on a path to maybe win the thing before it got weird. We, in the middle of the season. we picked him. We all picked him to win it that year, didn't we? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, and he, man, he started out like a house of fire, and then it just, uh, Indiana happened, and didn't really, that was a weird year. And then uh, C.J. Stroud finishing fourth last year. So that's four Heisman finalists in the last four years, including two in one year. So quick market down. 
before we reveal who we're actually voting for in the top three, just a yes or no. Will Ohio State have a Heisman Trophy finalist in 2022? Yes, they'll have multiple. Yes. Oh, that was an easy one. Are you marking it down? Nathan? I marked it down. That's three yeses. Okay. And and another quick one. I, again, I don't know who you guys have voted for yet. Who will finish higher in the Heisman Trophy voting? Not saying whether each one would be a finalist. Jackson Smith and Jigba or Trevion Henderson? I'm not answering that. I'm not answering that eight minutes into the podcast. It's going to give away too much. Okay. Of my top three. Okay. We'll come back to it. I did ask our texters, and I have not looked at their answer yet to see what they think. But we're going to start marking down who is actually on our ballot after this break on Buckeye Talk. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. Okay, which of you two wants to start us off? Let's start number three on your Heisman Trophy ballot for 2022. Steven, why don't you go first? I picked this guy to win it last year, but then Texas wasn't very good, and he got hurt, and so he kind of was disqualified. I'll put B. John Robinson here just because, I mean, he's a junior. He was a five-star running back who was already on pace to show he was the best running back in the country last year before he got hurt. You know, 1,127 yards and 11 touchdowns and 195 carries. They're going to lean on him, and they're going to lean on him, and they're going to lean on him, especially since Quinn Ewers is the first-year starting quarterback who has played two snaps his entire career so far. So I, I think he gets there, even if he doesn't win it this year. So I have him at third. Not a, not an audacious pick for third. You probably He probably does have to be the best running back in the country to get there. Yes, that is correct, which I think he also will be. My perception and numbers. I did not pick Bijan Robinson for my list. Doug, does he appear on your list? He does not. I'm curious how much Texas is going to throw it. They just lost a receiver the other day. They lost a lineman the other day. Um, I don't. A lot of people are on them. The betting, a lot of the betting stuff is on them in the Big 12. They have a marquee game in week two against Bama. I think anybody who wants to do anything for Texas this year has to look competitive against Bama in week two. You don't have to beat them. You don't have to dominate them, but I don't think you can get blown off the field by them. And if, if, you know, even like in a losing cause, if Bijan runs 25 times for 165 yards and, and looks like Bama has a problem with him, that that is some nice early juice in September for the conversation, the kind of thing that voters would remember for a while and then, you know, Braylon Allen from Wisconsin will have that same kind of opportunity against Ohio State in week four. So both, you know, these these running backs um, who aren't playing for necessarily national title contenders 
are going to play against national title, title contenders, and they have to take advantage of the opportunity, I think, in September if they want to be there in December. Stephen, any hesitation about like where how running backs have in recent years been voted for in this? And and why B. John Robinson over Trevion Henderson? I just – Trevion is probably just not going to have the numbers. He's just – he's the third wheel this year while – like Braylon Allen, Bijan Robinson is the star of the show, lead singer every single game. And at the Alabama game, as Doug mentioned, that's where I kind of if he if he goes crazy in that game, and then continues to do that, regardless of if they win or lose that game, now he's on everybody's radar. Doug, who is number three on your prediction list? Let me find this guy. I want to make sure I say his name right. C. J. Stroud. I have third. So that's interesting. I thought he would be higher on your list uh, simply because of the very productive season that you predicted for Mm -hmm. him. So I guess what's your take us through your thought process of why he could have those numbers, but still only finish there. So I am going by my numbers, right? My my numbers are my numbers. And if I'm wrong, I'm (laughs) if I'm wrong, I'm going to be wrong everywhere. Buckeye talk. Like, I'm not going to only be partially wrong. I'm going to be completely wrong about this. But I can't have this conversation without having another conversation. So do you want me to have that conversation now, or do you want me to save that conversation? I think I know where you're going with that, so we can put a pen in that. I will just say that C.J. Stroud was number two on my list. Okay. Instead of revealing my number three, I'll just reveal my number two, since we don't have to completely splinter the conversation about CJ Stroud. I was looking back last year's numbers, his quarterback efficiency rating. And this was with that bum wing that he was playing with for a couple of weeks early, 186, 56. I think that might've been second in the country. It was really, really high. I think Grayson McCall might've been number one and Stroud was number two, I think. And but, but, but very high regardless. And especially high when you're just talking about power fives, you compare that to Bryce young. It was about 20 points higher than Bryce young. 20 points higher than Kenny Pickett, who was a Heisman finalist that finished ahead of him, about 20 points higher than than um, Caleb Williams. So, which means that Heisman voters don't care about efficiency. Well, I'm just saying. No, I'm I'm not talking about that. That's what they're going to vote based on. I'm I'm merely talking about he's already set a high baseline, and I think he's going to be better this year. And I think that he is. Well, the one thing that is kind of working against him right now is being the favorite. It doesn't seem like that necessarily holds up for guys all that often, but is it because they're the favorite or is it because people are just wrong about them? I don't know. That happened last year for sure. So I think he does have the benefit of going in with some name recognition and the credit he could get if OSU rises back up and is a playoff team again, or like the number one team in the country. And he can be seen as the driver that gets in there. I didn't have a, chance yet to listen to the podcast that you guys did for Friday on the quarterbacks, but the headline was, is CJ Stroud going to run more? How much did you talk about CJ Stroud's running on that podcast? It was one of the things we talked about simply because it was actually kind of a, a dull day, frankly. And it was, it was one of the things that everyone was pulling out as a headline. And we wanted to make sure that we talked about whether that was or wasn't actually a thing. Is the answer no? He's not, and we're going to stop talking about C.J. Stroud running? I believe it is, yes. That was okay. essentially the... Okay. 
the the what I want to say. I was hoping, based on the headline of the podcast, I was hoping the answer was no, and we're not going to talk about this anymore because I am not. I have put that in the rearview mirror. I am having zero conversations about C.J. Stroud's running ability, and if he wants to run for 186 yards and sneak it a couple times and keep it on a zone read once a game, great. But I don't care. I think there was a point in either the video or the pod or both where I went, sure, okay. As the as dismissive of him running as I, I could possibly be, both in tone and word choice. Then I, okay, okay. Maybe a ju- maybe it could have been a juicier headline on the headline. It's like, will CJ Stroud run more? No, everybody thinks that was ridiculous. No one wants to talk about it. Welcome to Buckeye Talk. I was like, what? I was like, really? We're back. We're here again. You guys talk to it's his the quarterbacks. You talk to the quarterbacks, and the main driver of the pod is: Is CJ Stroud gonna run? Is he gonna run? Is he gonna run to the Heisman? So we probably should almost put. We already marked down all the numbers, but like CJ Stroud, like rushing yards would be like, I don't know, like over under like 15, 12. I don't know. Cause like you get all the negative stuff. You and again, 112. Like, yeah. Like, I mean, just like what, you know, I mean, like he has one weird game where like he has a random scramble for 30 yards. And then, he, you know, I don't like last year. I mean, people to make it a big deal. Tyler Buckner, people, Tyler Buckner ran for like 350 yards last year for Notre Dame. He is kind of, he can do that a little bit, but like Notre Dame's other two quarterbacks last year had negative rushing yards. So I think, I mean, CJ could wind up with negative. If he runs a tiny, no, I know. So if he runs like a tiny little bit more than that, it still doesn't matter. Still doesn't matter. So, okay. My favorite CJ Stroud rushing stat is that his single longest run last year was 15 yards, but his highest total for any game was 13 yards. And it was negative for the game that he had a 15 yard run. I mean, this is, it's just not, we've, we've talked about it too much. It's so wait, so it's nothing to do with why the, the quarterback interview day was dull. Did you guys get Devin Brown? We did get Devin Brown. I think he was out there at the same time as um, the other Corey two Dennis. quarterbacks. I didn't get did yeah, Corey I mean, Dennis? everybody out there at once. Did Corey yeah. Dennis bring the goods? Yeah, it was all right. Okay. He, yeah, he's pretty good. Okay. Yesterday um, was yesterday was a there was a lot going on as you know um, so I thought we might get day two just because last year when they got the quarterbacks in fall camp we also got Ryan Day because that he's did not happen quarterbacks coach that did not happen he was standing over on the sideline and I was wondering hmm, is he going to sit down right before Corey and that didn't happen so yeah. We'll get the he, quarterbacks like, coach. Like Ryan Day, Ryan Day would sit down and Corey Dennis would sit on his lap and Ryan Day would slide his hand up the back of Corey Dennis's shirt and work his mouth. Hey, everybody, I'm the quarterbacks coach. My name's Corey. I'm just kidding. I am not going I'm to say kidding. that. I'm not, but I am I'm just joking around. Everybody's qualified. Everybody's doing a great job. Buckeye talk. <laughs> hey, okay. I developed a Heisman winner. Oh, boy. He's not. He's not nine. My father-in-law is back on Fox. Everybody's excited. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I, can't we joke around on a podcast and just have a good time? He's. He's. They, they're recruiting great. The quarterback play is great. Who am I to say? I don't know who coaches anybody. You just see a name. You see a job title, and you go by that. And he has QB coach next to his name. So best of luck to all the quarterbacks. My number three vote. He's gonna this win the was... Heisman, everybody. Sorry, <laughs> just just joking around. We're just having a good time. We just like to have a good time on this podcast. He he likes to use that voice to mock people, 
but mm. it's also the voice of Mickey Mouse. his Lord and Savior, Mickey Mouse. <laughs> well, so um, it's not. I have. I that's not my Mickey. I have a Mickey, but that's uh, yeah. It's uh, it's it's Mickey adjacent. No, no, no. It's, it's definitely Mickey adjacent. How did Mickey I said, What if Mickey Mouse? <laughs> what was if Mickey Mouse and quarterback in the had a baby? What would that baby sound like? I want to hear Mickey in a Southern accent. Is that even uh, possible? <laughs> Without killing the throat. I can't do it. I can't do it. I'm just kidding. My number I'm hurting three, people's ears. I'm hurting people's my, ears. My number three pick, it's a little bit of a, almost like a cop-out safe one. I don't know. But I put I pick Cable Williams from USC, the quarterback. Listen, Lincoln Riley gets guys to New York. It just happens. They get there pretty frequently. He had a really strong freshman year. He's going to be now playing with Jordan Addison and Mario Williams and um, and uh, the die kid that they got from Oregon. And this is going to be a good offense and a very winnable scenario for USC. I think Utah is pretty good. I think Oregon is all right. I don't know how great the Pac-12 is overall. And if if it's not without it's not outside the realm of possibility that USC like erupts. And I get USC it. is like a playoff contender. Yeah. I get it. I completely understand it. All those reasons are valid. But it's like Caleb Williams is going to be running for his life after game because you know USC's offensive line is just not there. And it's not going to hold him back this year, even if it is in the Pac-12. They got a left tackle transfer, I think, from Virginia, who's supposed to be pretty good. I think they have a couple guys there. I think he's – I think there's a chance that Pac-12 football is better this year. It depends how good you think Oregon's going to be. But I don't know who else the Pac-12 has as a Heisman candidate. Because Cam Rising at Utah is going to be like a, an efficient right. winner, but mm-hmm. I don't think he's a Heisman candidate. And I don't like is Brant Keithy their tight end. Get, like I, I don't know that Utah has a can, Heisman candidate in any scenario. Tavion so Thomas, I don't know. I can tell you who the others from the on this list were. Uh, Oregon quarterback Bo Nix. Yeah. Auburn cast off 66 to 1. Uh, Jordan Addison, I already mentioned UCLA quarterback Dorian Thompson Robinson at 80 to 1. Same odds for Cam Rising. So, yeah, yeah, nobody else that is considered. It was Travis Dye, by the way. I, that's what I thought it was. And I didn't want to commit who's, to it. Who's not the, guy who ran, not the guy who ran all over Ohio State last year. That was CJ. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, right. And, and like they haven't had I, like people on the, I think voters on the West Coast are like, can we vote for someone on the West Coast? Mm-hmm. Like they want to have somebody with a loose. I actually, I, I don't know about this. Um, if you guys listen to the college football survivor show, the show, national show I do with Shahan J. Haraja, we talked a lot about BYU last week. Jaron Hall, I think, is a pretty interesting quarterback for them. I think BYU has a chance to be good. BYU is like the possibly the best team on the West Coast. So, but I don't know. Is the BYU quarterback who's not named Ty Detmer gonna, you know what I mean? Like I just yeah. it's it's hard to start figuring, but Caleb Williams could get some juice for sure. And like they, you know, they played Notre Dame in the last game of the regular season. And then they would look like they'd have a, probably a, if you think it's going to go chalk in the PAC 12, it'll be a Utah USC rematch for the national, for the PAC 12 championship game, which gives Caleb Williams like two big stages right at the end of the year. And so I just think there's some things there. And again, in that offense with that coach who has done it before, and he was pretty decent at times for a true freshman. Last yeah, year, sure. right? Who took over for Spencer Rattler? You, can, he's actually not that different from where Spencer Rattler was a year ago. 
Except he's probably not going to tank the way Spencer Rattler did. <laughs> uh, I mean, it's like, I think Caleb Williams handled his business last year in a tough spot. I have more faith in Caleb Williams to not tank as compared to what Spencer Rattler did last year. So um, I don't know that there's much reason to view Caleb Williams any real, any differently than the way we viewed Spencer Rattler a year ago. And Spencer Rattler a year ago was the odds on favorite at this point. Spencer Rattler, by the way, has the same odds right now as Cam Rising at 80 to one. Can you imagine people last year would have been booking flights to Vegas to put down money 80 to one on Spencer Rattler because he was the favorite. They play Georgia early. It's one of those things again, like, my gosh, if they beat Georgia, then who knows? Yeah. But um, and he's talked about, I think, you know, acting like last year was a mess at Oklahoma and he's much more comfortable now and saying all those kind of things. So who knows? I think he's still, he has talent. He's shown it before. He just got in his own head last year. I, I, you know, I don't, I don't, I think maybe people in the end probably overrated him a little bit, but the guy can, the guy has shown he can yeah. play. So that could be interesting there, but I'm not picking Spencer Rattler in the top three. So you do not have Spencer Rattler or I assume Caleb Williams in your top three. I would pick Caleb Williams to get to New York, but I don't have him in my top three. Gotcha. And are they, is this the year, are they definitely taking five this year? Or is it still, I was just trying to look that up. I thought that's what they said, like after last year, but I don't know. I, I, I was looking for that just now and I couldn't find it but maybe so, but you kind of have five in your head. So if I have five in my head, um, I have my five. So I know who I would have fourth and fifth and Caleb Williams would be fourth or fifth. And Steven, by the way that you more or less dismissed my pick, you probably don't have him in your top three. I don't, but he would be in a five situation if we were asked to do five. Who is number two on your list, Steven? Will Anderson. I just think, the world is like coalescing around this idea that maybe it's time to give a defensive player a Heisman trophy. And there's going to be a lot of hype for him going. And so he had the chase young season as a sophomore. And I remember us having a conversation. What if after 2019 chase young was coming back, that would be his best chance to get a, to win a Heisman trophy. Well, Will Henderson just did it. And now he's coming back and he plays for the best team in college football, at least in the preseason poll. So should we have the full on Will Anderson conversation right now because i have a feeling he belongs on both doug and mine's ballots or is on both doug and mine's ballots if he's on your ballot it's very interesting because you only have one spot left mm-hmm. i do only have one spot left oh let's have a cover i also am picking will anderson to win the heisman yeah so we're both I, picking him so we're both jinxing him so I mean, I've been having this conversation since March. I've laid this out multiple times, both here and on the College Football Survivor Show. It's, it's everything Steven said and beyond. I just think, I think the world is ready for it. I think the fact that he didn't make New York last year plays in his favor. This year, you look at Aiden Hutchinson finishing second last year, and if you, you could have a conversation with yourself of, well, if he was second, oh my gosh, the kind of year that Will Anderson's going to have. He also might have a Joey Bosa year. He also might have a year where everybody doubles and triple teams him and the stats go down, and then he's not going to win. He can't just be the best player. He has to be the best statistical player. He needs 19 sacks. He needs 28.5 tackles for loss. And he also needs to look like, when you watch, the best player on the best team. I voted for Manti Teo, and I know his his, uh, Netflix thing documentary just came out. I voted for him the year that Johnny Manziel won because I thought that was a case of like, what does this look like? It's like, hey, Notre Dame is one of the two best teams in the country. The best part of Notre Dame is its defense. The best part of its defense is Manti Teo. That's good enough for me. 
Like that was, I, I see that case. And as Steven said, I think more people are coming around to that. We already had the, the discussion about it feels like Bryce Young is being overlooked. And I think you really had to prime the electorate because they're dumb. But I think they're primed. And I think this guy is special. And if it's going to happen anywhere, it's going to happen at Alabama. And I do think as much as I just said, how come we're not talking about Bryce Young and Archie Griffin? And it's because I don't think people actually want that. I don't think voters really are looking to, to hand that out unless it's a slam dunk. I think the only way Bryce Young wins is if there's, if there's like no conversation. It's like, oh my God. Bama went undefeated. They're undefeated. They're the number one seed in the playoff. And he's obviously twice as good as he was a year ago, both in play and the stats went up. And he is the engine that makes this team run. Oh, like, there's, then he wins. But I, don't I think you know what like twice as good would be like just no interceptions. Like, I mean, just I mean, touchdowns, no interceptions. Yeah. I mean, just like that looks completely like mastery, right? Has the Burrow season. We think CJ Stroud yeah. might have a Burrow season. He has a Burrow season. So if he's that, he wins. If he's not that, I think the world is open to Will Anderson. So again, I was talking about Will Anderson when he was 50 to one. And I was saying bet 50 to one, bet 50 to one, bet 51. Then he went to 40 to one. Then he went to 30 to one. Now he's 20 to one. That defensive guy is the fourth, fourth favorite. I mean, that he's there already. Cause, cause the thing about defense, once you open the door, you don't see the bad plays. If he just gets blocked, people won't even note it. Like a quarterback, a really if you yeah. throw if you throw, if you throw two picks, if you throw forty passes in a game and thirty eight are great, but two get picked, people That's are like, "I oh, had yeah, two picks." About. Yeah, go ask Trevor Lawrence in twenty nineteen. Like he had this yeah. really weird start to the year, a couple of games where a couple floated on him, and all of a sudden he's not even a Heisman Trophy candidate. If yeah. Will Anderson has sixty snaps and fifty eight of them he gets blocked, but on two of them he gets sacks, people say, "Oh, Will Anderson had two sacks today." Like once you crack, once you open your mind to it, you can really see how it becomes possible, which is why I'm picking it. I want to give people some statistical perspective if they haven't looked this up themselves. Uh, not you guys, but our, 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 our listeners, our loyal listeners. So as you're saying, you have to have a great statistical season like the one Aiden Hutchinson had to even be in this conversation. Aiden Hutchinson finished second year ago. Will Anderson had a better season than Aiden Hutchinson. Now, Aiden Hutchinson had some Heisman-y things in his favor, you know, kind of putting Michigan on his shoulders and lifting it back up into the playoff, winning the Ohio State game in large part because of his contribution there at the end. I mean, all those things are going in his favor. But last year, Hutchinson had 1.17 sacks per game. No, I'm sorry. Hutchinson had 1.0 sacks per game. Anderson, 1.17, so more sacks per game. Tackles for loss, and I know they played different positions, uh, more, more or less. I mean, Hutchinson, more of a true defensive end. Anderson, a more um, versatile defender than that. But Hutchinson, I think, was it was like 1.18 tackles for loss per game. Anderson was almost twice as much, 2.23 tackles for loss per game. Almost 10 yards per game on average lost by Will Anderson tackles for loss. So, like, the other team starts every game down 10 yards because of Will Anderson. And that may not sound like a lot, but I mean, it is, it's, that's a lot. And the other thing that jumped out to me was because I, I Steven, you've talked about talking about like that comparison of like having the chase young season, but having it early chase young was good as a sophomore. I mean, 0.68 sacks per game. And he did that on two 
busted ankles, but again, or two, two compromised ankles, we should say. But again, Will Anderson, like almost twice as many sacks. Mm-hmm. And now he's building off of that. Now he's also a more known quantity and teams are going to scheme to try to take him away, but it's Alabama that you, you can't do that. It's not like he's a standout, amazing player at, 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 at even like North Carolina or whatever, where you could more easily do that. It's Alabama. Like you can't leave yourself vulnerable by focusing on one guy too much. I think he's still going to eat. And I think everything Doug said about the, the timing of this really syncing up potentially for him is true too. The Bosa theory is why I didn't pick him because I think he might've set the bar really, really high with those 17. He had a hundred tackles and 31 tackles for loss. And so what if he only has 85 tackles and 24 TFLs and 14 and a half sacks? And some of it is because every single team they play is game planning the heck out of them. But then also Dallas Turner takes that leap as well as a former five-star who had like seven sacks last year. That's they're, they're, They have probably the best defensive line, like from only from an edge standpoint in the country. Maybe it's them and Clemson and we'll see with Ohio state, even if we're hearing good things right now, but all that comes together. And as you're saying, Doug, it's like, he's really good, but the numbers aren't there because teams game plan for him. But then also guys on his own team were just better than they were a year ago as well. But I, I think Dallas Turner will help him more than hurt him. Mm-hmm. Cause I, cause it's not, I don't think what you're saying, Stephen, is like a year where he still has very good numbers, just not as good as a year ago. Joey Bosa, I think, went from 13 sacks to five and a half. Like his stats, like if he does that, if he has 40% as many sacks, he's not going to get to New York. But if last year he had 17 sacks and this year has 14 and a half, then people be like, my God, why did we vote for him last year? Why? I, I don't know, but I'm really voting for him this year. And I do think Dallas Turner... On the opposite side, as a guy who's going to also demand attention and make it harder for them to triple team him, you know, you you are in the moment, Stephen. You are very much in, and part of it is because you were proven right by Jackson Smith and Jigba last year. You have made the case a couple times on this podcast for the secondary guy actually having like better stats than the main guy because mm-hmm. the main guy is so covered. Whether it's Jackson Smith and Jigba and Marvin Harrison Jr., whether it's Will Anderson and Dallas Turner. And I, I understand the case you're making, but in general, I think it's better for a great player to have other good players on the field who also draw attention. And I, I don't think like Dallas Turner will derail Will Anderson's Heisman case. And in, in football terms, yes, you're correct. I just Heisman voters are dumb. So if Will Anderson has 14 and a half sacks, but, Dallas Turner has 11 and a half sacks. They're just going to, I think there are going to be a lot of voters who are going to look at that and go, oh, Alabama's edge rushers are stupid good more than just it being a Will Anderson conversation. That didn't happen last year with Hutchinson and Ojabo, though. And I think yeah. there is something. Yeah, but there was still the narrative. a, there was still a, a, a difference in between their stats there between Ojabo and Aiden Hutchinson. There was in, more in of a situ- gap than that. Yeah, right. in this situation, it's basically them putting up the exact same numbers. I mean, in your, imaginary si- in your imaginary situation, in the in the world where you have decreed that Will Anderson will have 14 sacks and Dallas Turner will have 11. Yeah. So, so, yeah. But also maybe it'll be 18 to 7 or 18 to 12 or whatever. I, I By the way, just but also And also, now. Nate, Stephen picked him second. So like, yeah, whatever it's, true. The, it's not it, like he's, yeah, it's right. not like yeah. he's throwing him in the, in the ditch. Um, uh, by the way, I just, cause I was throwing out those stats, 146 
yards and tackles for loss for Will Anderson last year. There were, I'm thinking like 14 or 15, 15 it looks like, programs in FBS that did not have even 200 yards of tackles for loss last year. He's, He's a monster. Saban will play a role in this. And Saban loves Bryce Young and Will Anderson, and he's said a lot of things along those lines. They're like the epitome mm-hmm. of what he's looking for on each side of the ball, both as players and people. I don't think Saban can't win him the Heisman, but Saban can give voters permission to acknowledge Will Anderson's greatness. And I could see Saban doing it because Bryce has his. And I think Saban believes that Will Anderson, I think he said things like he's as good as we've ever had doing what he does. And if Saban says he's the best defensive player I've ever coached, if Saban says Bryce Young was an incredibly worthy Heisman winner last year, but if I had a Heisman vote this year and Bryce knows I love him, I'd vote for Will Anderson. If he says I've never seen an SEC defensive player be as disruptive as Will Anderson is being right now. I think that will go a long way. And I absolutely could see Saban going down that road and, and pushing. Cause as much as we say it's primed, you still got to push. Yep. You, you can't can assume anything with a defensive player, but I could see Bryce young saying some of those same things too. Yes. If, don't if, vote for if me. He believes it, right? I'm Bryce Young. I have of one. his own volition. Don't vote for me. If you're thinking of voting mm. for me, it's vote Bruce's for my millions. teammate. Well, not yeah. Bruce's Williams is none of the above. This would be one specific person. Yes. If we're referencing a Richard Pryor movie from 1988, that was only didn't it get remade enough. a couple years ago? No, it was a remake itself of a movie. Anyway, uh, yeah, old movie, but Richard Pryor, it's good. Check it out. It's baseball. It's a baseball movie. I think when I know where the rest of this vote is going, Doug and Steven each have one player left on their ballot. And I think it's probably going to have to do some Ohio State specific discussions. So let's take a break and come back and do that on Buckeye Talk. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. So recapping, my three are in. I had Will Anderson from Alabama, number one, CJ Stroud from Ohio State, number two, Caleb Williams, USC, number three. That's my predicted order finish for the Heisman Trophy voting in 2022. Doug, you had Will Anderson first, C.J. Stroud third. Steven had Will Anderson second, B. John Robinson running back from Texas third. So that leaves Steven's number one pick and Doug's number two pick. And I'm wondering if they might be the same person. Oh, I doubt they're the same person. No, they're not the same person. Oh, okay. Well, Steven, who is your number one? Stroud's my number one. And it's oh, just. Well, I thought you would have mentioned him back when we were talking about CJ Stroud before. Well, no, because I think his is going to be Stroud's, you know, main weapon. And this is where we start having this conversation of why he picked that guy over the guy I'm picking, which is why I held off there. Stroud's my number one. I just think starting quarterback, the road has already been paid for him to be Ohio State's main guy there. Um, and 
if he just does the stuff we were talking about in the market down Monday, he'll already have the conversation. But then also he's got the type of games that are going to help him do it. Basically, like every two weeks, he's playing a team outside of and then Penn State's probably going to be ranked at some point this season unless they just fall off a cliff. So Notre Dame, you got Wisconsin, you got the Iowa game, you got the Penn State game. The Michigan game obviously is already a big deal. and It's an even bigger deal because they lost last year. It just feels like every two weeks he's going to be in a position where he's going to have a real stage to have like a Heisman moment on top of the fact that he's already accumulating all these numbers because that's what this offense does. He was the front runner late in last season after coming out of that Michigan State just massacre. I don't know what else you would call it. And if the Michigan game doesn't go that way, then he's he's probably still in the running and then has the Big Ten championship game to try to further his case that didn't end up happening. So if they win more this year and he gets in that Big Ten championship game, that's another opportunity to sort of showcase himself. So uh, I, he's number two on my list for a reason. Um, he's number three on Doug's list for a reason. I think there's that across the board, all of us picking C.J. Stroud to be very much in this conversation. I asked the texters, will C.J. Stroud, where will C.J. Stroud finish in the 2022 Heisman Trophy voting? The four choices where he wins it, he doesn't have to live up to past performance the way Bryce Young does, and he's poised for a huge statistical year. He'll be the runner-up. It's hard to win as the favorite, and someone else will build too much momentum this season. Third or fourth, he'll still have a great season, but just not quite Heisman-worthy, kind of like last year. And fifth or lower, something will interrupt this season, or as with Justin Fields, he won't quite live up to expectations. What do you guys think won that vote? He'll win. I'll say 56% said he'll win. Yeah, I was going to say 60% said he wins. 63% winner. Not a surprise. I understand. And and 28% runner-up. So that's 90% of the, the voting body that we have saying he'll be first or second. So Doug... I had him second. I explained about Will Anderson. You have him third. I think I know who you have second. So I think this is the time to for you to have that conversation that you put on ice a few minutes ago. So again, by my stats, I have Jackson Smith and Jigba off a 2,100 yard receiving season again. But that's in 15 games. He wouldn't have. He probably will not have. He will not have topped 2,000 by the time they have the Heisman right. vote because we'll have two playoff games after that in that scenario. But. Uh, And this is also part of my Will Anderson scenario, because my scenario is voters having trouble between CJ and Jackson, Mm -hmm. them sort of splitting the Ohio State vote and that opening the door for Will Anderson, where Bryce Young is telling people Bryce Young and Nick Saban are saying vote for Will Anderson. So I can see it being close. You look at 2020 when Devontae Smith finished first as the receiver at Alabama and Mac Jones was third. Devontae Smith had 447 first place votes. Mac Jones had 138. That's a that's a lot of votes kind of for a third place guy. Trevor Lawrence was second that year. He had 222 first place votes. But that means that of 927 electors, Bama got almost 600 of the first place votes. And actually, Najee Harris got 16 first place votes. He finished fifth as a Bama running back. It was obvious enough that year that everybody went with Devontae. And it's also because Mac Jones didn't have the juice coming in that CJ has coming into this year. But I think it's, and and I'll tell you this, and this, we think having observed CJ through the end of the year, we think CJ has special talents and is a uh, very talented, 
accomplished quarterback with big things ahead of him. When I talk on the Survivor Show with Shahan, who I think is really smart about National College football and knows everybody, there is a little lingering, is he good because his receivers are good? And now I'm not debating whether that's fair. I'm trying to say I think it exists for some people nationally coming in. That's not surprising. If Jackson is great after they had three awesome receivers last year, I could see the confusion splitting the vote. And maybe, I mean, Jackson is barely ahead, but Jackson has the best receiving season in the country, has better stats than he did a year ago, looks like the most dangerous guy with the ball in his hands in the nation. And Enough people are like, I don't know. Is C.J. Stroud a a product of this offense more than the driving force of this offense? I think that would be a mischaracterization, and that would be a wrong interpretation. And then when C.J. Stroud goes in the top five or top three or first overall in the draft, people be like, oh, no, yeah, no, he's good. It wasn't just the receivers. But I can see a scenario where it holds him back, and I just think Jackson's going to go off, and I think Will Anderson's going to go off. So I think this is close. I think in my scenario, we don't know who the winner is when they get to the podium in New York. And we think, we think any of the three could win. And it's like, it's the Ohio state receiver, the Ohio state quarterback and the Alabama defender and Bryce young and Bryce young and Caleb Williams are also there, but we know they're not really in it because Caleb Williams wasn't quite as good. And Bryce told everybody to vote for will. And then I also could see like Ohio State fans being outraged. This goes down in history of Ohio State's two candidates were so good. It handed it to the Bama defender, right? (laughs) That like, it's this, it's this weird where in any other year, either CJ or Jackson would have been a worthy winner, but you just had this odd thing. So this is odd. I know, but that's my scenario. And it's based on the numbers that I predicted for both of them which is not only CJ through the roof, because Steven has CJ winning. I have CJ third. I predicted more passing yards for CJ than Steven did. So this is not any acknowledgement by me that CJ Stroud is not going to go off. It is anticipating a complicated discussion where three guys at three different positions on the two best teams all go off in their own way and the vote splitting leads to a small Will Anderson victory. You seem to be... This is going to be a really historical college football season from some I, individual standpoints. I have a. I think that the Ohio State offense has a chance to be as good as any college offense has ever been statistically. But all at the same time, it's like if you would have put Joe Burrow's season in like the Georgia's defense season. So it's like multiple well, things. You know what I mean? Well, you know what I'm I mean, saying? I'm, but, but I mean, like Georgia's defense, defense didn't actually have a Heisman candidate. I'm yeah. not saying it's more about a specific, a, it's a specific, I mean, Chase Young's Heisman candidacy happened in Joe Burrow's year. Yeah. But, and the other thing too, like with LSU, Justin Jefferson and Jamar Chase split the receiver thing so much. It was like, well, it's the quarterback mm-hmm. because both receivers went nuts. And this is again, acknowledging, I think Marvin Harrison Jr. will have a, a great year, but I think Jackson's will be significantly better. So, and we don't know. Chase was in the midst of making a pretty good case and yeah, he got suspended he for two games. Yeah. 
and he probably also, wasn't going to overtake Burrow, but I think he Burrow would've... Burrow's season was yeah ridiculous. But I'm predicting almost the same kind of season for CJ. So like that's again, it's I, I understand that it's odd and weird, and like you predict CJ Stroud to throw for 5,600 yards and finish third. But this is my explanation for that. Let's just let's just say it is a CJ Will Anderson thing here, and just to use Chase and Joe Burrow as an example here. Chase got suspended, yes, but then also it's like all of what Chase's Heisman Trophy finalist you know, case was was pretty much based on the Wisconsin and the Penn State games. That's where the bulk of it is. While with Joe Burrow, it was like he was doing this thing and he got it started early against Texas. And then like he basically just slammed the door shut with what he did against Bama. Mm-hmm. Looking at Ohio State and Alabama's schedule this year, Texas A&M is Will Anderson's like Penn State or Wisconsin game, whichever one you want to call it. While like CJ Stroud's got kind of more of the Joe Burrow schedule where it is kind of more like every couple of weeks, I can do it again and keep hammering it home and hammering it home. Well, no, I know. I mean, like in your maybe, or maybe CJ has like three gigantic games and a couple, couple games where he doesn't throw for as much. And Will Anderson gets two sacks every week. I, I don't know. I mean, I, I guess I know what you're saying, but um, the other thing that's tricky is there could be there could be some games with a halftime score like the Michigan State game that don't come with C.J. Stroud having a passing line like the Michigan State game. But There's again, I, ways for how State to have. But I'm right. predicting it will. I mean, I predicted right. 5600 yards. So, so I'm not I'm not backing off the statistical true, case. True, true, true. I I am acknowledging that people might, it, as crazy as it sounds people still by the end of this year might not realize how good CJ is because he is efficient. He's not as spectacular, right? He's, he's not, I mean, it, there it's less about like viral the, moments. Yeah. It's yeah. less about the individual play and more about the collective thing that he yeah. put together. And it's very possible that many or most of CJ's best highlights will also in, have Jackson Smith and Jigba in the highlight. So, right. Although I will I don't say, know. so, the, the thing that you mentioned before about how people may be underselling him already because they think it's from his receivers, isn't that something that could also work in his favor this year? Because if he does go out and throw for 56 honey, like you're ex- predicting, and even though you Jackson Smith, the Jigba still is on this team, it's not those two guys. It's not those two first round picks that they had last year. It's like another cast and he comes out and, and ratchets it up another notch. I think that could also possibly work in his favor. That he For kind sure. of defied expectations. Yeah, or but if Jackson Smith and Jigba has like the best season a receivers ever had in college football history, which again yeah. is kind of what I'm predicting, it's like what I'm predicting, right. then right. then it's about I think it becomes more about the receiver. I don't know. I mean, it's I'm this right. is this is quite a needle I'm trying to thread here. The case for 5,600 CJ Stroud passing yards and finishing third in the Heisman is not easy to make. I admit. But I am attempting to make it. And the thing that's difficult is, and I wish they didn't do it. I wish they voted for the Heisman after the actual end of the season. But it's going to be where he is, mm-hmm. you know, then. So I, I just, I, I don't, I don't and know. And when you look at the seasons that Steven and I both predicted for Jackson, which would be more in like the 1800s yardage wise, then he might only be like 1500 or so at that point of the season. And that's still a great season and if someone were to sit down and like compare that statistically through the years after 12 games or 13 games they'd be like oh wow but it doesn't pop off the page quite the same way as like some of these quarterback numbers are probably going to pop etc but um 
I did ask, so I'm going to go back to that question I asked our texters, which Ohio State player will finish higher in the 2022 Heisman voting, Jackson Smith and Jigba or Trevion Henderson? Not surprisingly, Jackson Smith and Jigba won that. What do you think the percentage was? Just the comparison of those two. Those two. Like one of the two. 78% for Jackson. 82. 74. So that's still a pretty good chunk for Trevon Henderson. And some of that might just be that people, you know, receiver just won and that been so infrequent. Your quarterback is going to get the benefit of it out there, et cetera, et cetera. I don't know, but um, still a pretty good chunk there for Trevon Henderson. We haven't really talked about that much in this. None of us had him in our top three. Um, I think his time maybe comes in 2023 is maybe his chance to, to, to shine. It's hard with him because he's third when we're talking about running backs that might get to New York, just because of how he gets used in comparison to those other two, he's behind Braylon Allen and Bijan Robinson, even if they're all the same talent. That might be true. So I asked our texters this question. I had you in mind, Doug, because I know you've been talking about the, the betting line on Will Anderson for a while. If someone gave you $1,000 to bet on a Heisman Trophy candidate to win in 2022, who would you put that money on today? And I included the current odds, those ones that I listed at the beginning of the pod. I'll run through them again real, real, real quick. C.J. Stroud was 2-1. to one, Bryce Young, 3.5-1. to one, uh, Caleb Williams, 7-1. to one, Will Anderson, 20-1. to one, Bijan Robinson, 20-1. to one, DJ Uyangalele, 25-1. to one, Quinn Ewers, 28-1. to one, Dylan Gabriel, 30-1. to one, JSN, 33-1. to one, Jameer Gibbs, 33-1. to one, Tyler Van Dyke, 40-1. to one, Trevin Henderson, 40-1. to one. Who do you guys think won that vote? JSN at 33 to 1. Caleb. They both finished with very similar percentages. Caleb Williams had 8% of the vote. Jackson Smith the Jigba, 7% of the vote, but they were the third and fourth players here. And I was a little bit surprised by this because I thought by making it about the odds, it would maybe dissuade Ohio State voters from voting with their hearts. Um, or maybe they're using their minds too here because they think he's just such a strong favorite. But CJ Stroud won. 45% of the vote. Will Anderson second, 22% of the vote. Nobody should actually be a two to one Heisman favorite before the season starts. Cause as you said, it's like, Hey, the Heisman, the favorite doesn't usually win. It's like, yeah, well, because one person is the favorite and then it's that person versus every single other player. It's like, who do you think's going to get it? This one guy or anybody else. And more often than not, it's anybody else. So it's one of those things again, it's like, Oh, if you were getting, who's your dark horse, right? Hey, pick a guy off the board. It's like, well, that's the whole point. You don't know. Everybody wants to find their Joe Burrow, but who who do you really see coming? Is it, you know, Tyler Van Dyke at Miami or Devin Leary at North Carolina State? Or, you know, I mean, I thought, it's, I thought about a Tyler Van Dyke situation, like a whole Kenny Pickett thing going on again, but I also have to continue to stick to my guns that I do not believe in Miami's football program anymore. So I left him off. One of our texters, I, I put an other category on there, and one of the texters responded and said, I already did put $20 on Braylon Allen to win the Heisman at 75 to 1. This was about a month ago, and the line has already moved to 40 to 1. The ones I saw didn't have him quite that good. It was still um, in, in the 60s or whatever, but uh, there you go. And this is an interesting year now because last year, as it turned out, there was a lot of Heisman intrigue in Ohio State's schedule, but it caught us by surprise a little bit. CJ was maybe not that much of a surprise that because he's Ohio State's quarterback and he had a great year and he was able to build some momentum. But like Aiden Hutchinson was not in the Heisman conversation before the start of the year. Kenneth Walker, the third, 
not in the Heisman conversation in any kind of serious way before the start of the year. All that stuff kind of just built. And this year you're going in, uh, you know, Notre Dame doesn't really have anybody, but you've got Braylon Allen already there. You've got, you know, Michigan players who are like at least on the periphery of of people's of vision as far as the Heisman Trophy. It, it, I, I'm starting to maybe buy your hype a little bit here, Doug, that, that this could be um, – it's just I think this is gonna be maybe a pretty fun season from a week to week standpoint, watching some of this stuff develop. People got really excited about Kenneth Walker the third last year as a guy that people barely knew as a Wake Forest transfer who was good before he got to Michigan State. I mean, before he had whatever it was, negative yards against Ohio State, there were mm-hmm. a lot of people who were really in to the Kenneth Walker the third case. He still finished sixth. And if that can happen with him, it can happen with Braylon Allen. Sure. So, yeah. Well, and now also factor in that he's in a, I mean, I think Wisconsin might be better than Michigan state was last year. And now factor in if he wins, if they win the West and get another game, like, I mean, there's a lot in his favor. No, for sure. I, there's a lot of, I, someone I think was writing the other day that like Graham Mertz still looks terrible in practice. So it's like poking a hole (laughs) in that Wisconsin argument. So it's one of those things. Well, if he looks terrible, then maybe Braylon Allen will run 37 times a game. It's like, well, that's not actually good for Braylon Allen. Um, one thing I do want to say before we go, hmm? Will Anderson finished fifth last year. CJ Stroud finished fourth. Will Anderson had 31 first place votes. CJ Stroud had 12. Oh. The, the Will Anderson's problem wasn't getting people to vote for him to win the Heisman. Will Anderson's problem was getting the people who had no intention of putting him on their ballot at all to figure out who he was. So the idea that like, Hey, I'm just throwing that number out. And, and the overall voting Will Anderson had 325 total points last year. CJ Stroud had 399 and Kenny Pickett was third with 631. So CJ Stroud was 232 points behind third place. Kenny Pickett but he was only 74 points ahead of fifth place. Will Anderson. I would, I would argue that Stroud should have both been ahead of Pickett in the voting and behind Anderson. (laughs) So yeah, it sounds like people weren't Like you just said, people weren't ready to vote for the defensive guy again yet. At least two guys. They they weren't willing to put two defensive guys in New York. And because of that, Kenny Pickett got to go to New York instead of Will Anderson. Well, I think it, it proves something that Doug, said many um one of the first times we did a Heismanish poll since I started on this podcast or a Heismanish episode where he said it's not how good you are it's how Heismany you are a lot of times and Aiden Hutchinson was much more Heismany last year than Will Anderson was but Will Anderson can now sort of the narrative can kind of start on him that might make him a little bit more Heismany and also I think if you had voted for the Heisman after week 11 I think CJ Stroud might have won mm-hmm and one week later, he was fourth, and he got 12 first-place votes in the whole like the com- Yeah, the combination of Aiden Hutchinson doing what he did, Bryce doing what he did, but then also Kenny Pickett fake sliding. Well, I think, well, I think Aiden Hutchinson flipped the vote the same way he flipped some he, he Ohio State all, offensive linemen that day. Yeah, <laughs> he, he took, took all, all that CJ's juice. Votes. He took yeah. CJ's votes. Mm-hmm. So, and again, <laughs> I think Ohio State's going to be good. So part of it, the hard thing is like, well, what's the difference between CJ last year and CJ this year? CJ, when he finished fourth last year, well, he didn't make the Big Ten title game. They lost to Michigan and didn't make the Big Ten title game. Well, my third place case for CJ Stroud has them in the Big Ten title game. So it's not that. So that's 
quite a bit different than a year ago. So again, it's like, well, there's a lot. Man, Doug, you sure have a lot of things going CJ Stroud's way for him to finish third. So I understand that's the case. Any other Heisman points you guys want to make before we shuffle off? No, I was in uh, Pennsylvania the last couple of days where they do have legalized sports betting. And so I was looking at stuff and it's like, I just, you know, obviously would never bet on a Heisman thing as a Heisman voter. Um, but um, I just, the, if you want to bet, if you have a way to bet and you want to bet on CJ Stroud, like bet on CJ Stroud for fun. Cause you love Ohio state and you want to root for your quarterback two to one Heisman odds are, I mean, it's ridiculous. There's it's there's 130 teams. There's one winner of this sport. Like bet on something else. If you actually want to make money on Ohio state, bet on something else related to Ohio state. This is, this is not where to come because you know, as many things as great as CJ Stroud is, as many opportunities are there as there are, there are also just numerous ways for it to not go your way. You're great. And you don't quite win. You get abducted by aliens for two games. Like all right. It's just two to one for the Heisman is crazy. And also, even if he does win, you're not getting that much you know, boom for your buck. Yeah. You know, it's yeah. Like, I, so it's not, it's, it's, it's almost as if you didn't even, you would have to bet a lot of money to see a significant return. Just bet that's on Jackson, good. just bet on Jackson and, and hope that it goes wacky. Right. I mean, that's, I think it's, it's 33 to one versus two to one. Well, to some extent, he'll be pulling Jackson Smith and Jigbo along with him if he has that kind of season anyway. You'll, you'll be in the conversation. Yeah. One more market down Monday ahead of us, and that will be picking the 2022 college football playoff field and whether we think Ohio State will win the national championship in 2022. So you got one more of those to look forward to, and then we get kind of into the other cycle. Doug and I will have some sort of Monday morning weekly pod that we're I think we're still trying to decipher exactly what that format is going to be it'll be similar to last year but probably not exactly like it the Monday Madness thing where that'll be the usual Monday thing and that'll start the week of the Notre Dame game so for Doug Maurice and for Stephen Means I'm Nathan Baird and that was Buckeye Talk Buckeye Talk